Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. I'm Chris Connolly. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Above all, we love bringing librarians and great books together. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. It's Lainey, and today. We're here for an interview with one of our very special friends, Megan Deans, who's the Senior Marketing Director of Echo at Echo Books. And we are here to just talk to her all about Echo and hear about some books that are coming and some ones in the future. And you're in for a really great presentation because she's always fantastic. So hi, Megan. Hi, Lainey. Thank you for that introduction. That's very kind of you. Always. We always enjoy working with you and you always make us laugh. Oh, that's all I want. I just want to make everyone laugh. <laughs> and I want to publish good books, but and it's kind of 50-50. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, you know, hanging out in my apartment in Brooklyn, really getting to know the every corner of it, um, really appreciating <laughs> it uh, in new ways, I'm reading a lot of books, talking to a lot of authors. Um, it's, it's, it's not so bad for me. I'm, I'm very yeah. fortunate. I'm a very fortunate person. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're recording this apart because of what's going on in the world, but technology is great and we're meeting virtually. Um, so let's talk about Echo for a while. This is our imprint at HarperCollins that you're the marketing director for. So give us an overview of Echo. What are your goals and what are you guys doing? Um, well, I love talking about Echo. So we are... Uh, a, a sort of the small literary imprint within uh, the larger HarperCollins structure. So we were founded uh, almost 50 years ago. Our 50th anniversary is actually coming up next year uh, by Daniel Halpern, who is still our publisher. Uh, I believe he made an appearance on the podcast not too long ago. Is that right? He did. It was so wonderful. He spoke at I probably launch and so was launching some books for the sales team and everybody at, at HarperCollins. And he was talking about poetry and what turned into just this beautiful statement of what poetry is and why it matters. And I have to tell you, I'll link to this, everybody, if you're listening, like I'll link to it in the show notes. But um, we got done with that meeting and I went up to Virginia. I was like, I was like wiping away a tear. Like that was really beautiful. <laughs> and she said, I know what that like separately, we both came together and said how much it meant to us. And so she asked if we had the audio from that recording and we got to play it. And so instead of asking him to redo it for us for the podcast, we wanted to make sure that you had everyone's reaction. And that's the coolest part because during one part of the recording you hear someone go <gasps> oh, yeah. and then you hear clapping at the end yeah it it's truly wonderful and so thank you for calling that out 
Well, that's my life is I, you know, I get to talk to Dan every day and every day there's a gasp and a little bit of applause because he, <laughs> he really is that good. He is, he really is wonderful. He's, he, you know, he created the echo as a, as a way to, um, you know, support authors. He felt uh, we're not getting attention uh, by uh, at, at larger houses. And, and though we're now a part of a larger house, I think that's very much still um, our mission is to, to really look for um, just, uh, you know, gems, just, just authors who uh, consistently turn out really, really excellent work and who deserve um, extra focus. You know, we have one of the smaller lists at HarperCollins, uh, so we are able to really create a list that uh, speaks directly to what the people, the editors, and, and honestly, everybody at Echo really loves. So, you know, you... I've worked at a couple other houses that were, were were wonderful in their own right, but I think what's what's unique about Echo is that everything is uh, chosen with a lot of care. Um, there's never any book on the list that um, you know anybody anybody's like, well, that's a that's a skipper. You know, we all, <laughs> we're doing that one because uh, you know a guy was a favor to a guy who was a favor. Uh, this is it, they all really do. Um, they're all great reads, and you know we really value. Um, the feedback that we get from from readers um, and librarians, of course, I think we know that 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 readers have a lot of trust in the Echo name, and and we really look to um, to meet that and to and to offer uh, you know new new voices. I think uh, is something that that we're we're really excited about, and I think I have a couple people that I'll be able to talk about who will be um, perhaps new to a lot of people. Awesome. So do I want to get right into it and you give us a few books maybe that are coming out sooner? Yes. I love that I said new and now immediately I'm going to talk about one of our beloved house authors. <laughs> but, you know, it's a, this is a, it's just an all-time favorite of mine, Ivy Pakoda, um, who has a new novel coming out uh, in May. The, it's coming out May 19th. Um, this is Ivy's third novel. Uh, her first was Visitation Street. Her second was Wonder Valley. Um, if you've read either of those, I'm, I'm sure folks are already excited to read uh, the new one, which is called These Women. And, uh, you know, Ivy writes just incredible casts of characters. Uh, and These Women is no different. It's really, it's a crime novel, but it's not like a crime novel that you've ever read. You know, it's not focused necessarily on the whodunit or it's focused on the nature of the crime and the people who the crime has affected so it's it's set in los angeles uh specifically south la and it moves back and forth between a couple of time periods um there were there were murders back in 1999 and they're now um thanks to the work of of, of some people in the in the present they're they're being connected to murders happening 15 years later um, and the whole thing is told from uh, alternating perspectives, uh, groups of a group of women uh, who are all narrating different sections, and they all have a connection to the crime in one way or another. Um, and it's really, she, Ivy kind of has created this cast that's uh, of women who are often ignored or overlooked or dismissed or in some cases outright harmed by the institutions that are supposed to protect them. So there's a real... Um, there's a real power to that, to, to being able to give voices to these people. Um, it really, I think, you know, I think this book appeals to people who like mysteries and thrillers, but also to anyone who likes a sort of unusual literary novel, something that gives you, um, you know, some insight into something you may, you may yourself have overlooked. Um, Ivy's really reached new heights here. The, the writing is so good and so vivid, and um, I'm just a big fan of her and a big fan of this book. 
Yeah, we we talked about this one yesterday, actually, uh, for an event at a library, and we were just talking about how great it was in the true crime field. I mean, I know it's not true crime, but there's a lot of conversation around books that are giving agency to women and and not dismissing them for various reasons, maybe that they are looked down upon for some reason or another. And so I think this one fictionalizes that feeling and that conversation really well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, Ivy is a real uh, student of the genre and and she, um, you know, she admires true crime and all the work that's being done in true crime as as I think we all do right now. uh, and I think that this book is is really perfect. It does, as you say, I think it really does bridge that gap between uh, uh, fiction and nonfiction in some cases. Yeah. And speaking of nonfiction, you have a really great set of um, stories from Sarah Weinman. Yes. Out. Oh, I almost said that. And I thought, no, Megan, stop cross-selling. Thank God for you, Lainey. <laughs> I love, love, love. And I actually interviewed her on the podcast about that book. So I'll link to that too. She's oh, yes. so smart. I I can't even fathom like she everything she says is so thoughtful and great like she so for those of you who don't know Sarah Weinman wrote The Real Lolita um among other things that's a great book too echo book um but she has this new set of of articles that were previously published that she's combined into a, a true crime anthology and so um it's called Unspeakable X it's amazing it is amazing. It's a, it's, it'll be a paperback original um, out later this summer. And it's, it's, it's just, it's a delight. I mean, again, talk about somebody who knows her stuff and knows the genre. Um, uh, Sarah reads a book a day, uh, not an exaggeration. She is one of the most, uh, most well-read, most broadly read people I've ever met. Um, and she's just collected just a remarkable group of writers uh, in this anthology. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's a lot of, uh, incredible stories um and you know there's there's something to be said for the anthology right now uh, if your attention spans uh feeling a little shorter than it has been uh the anthology gives you a lot of bang for your buck true all right what else do you have for us well speaking of uh great nonfiction, uh we have the book of eels by patrick svensson this is uh coming out late may this will be may 26th um the book of eels is just uh, just an incredible combination of, of nature writing and, and memoir. You know, the early in-house comp was um, uh, H is for Hawk. I think a lot of books get comped to H is for Hawk because a lot of books get comped to successful other books. Um, but this one really just just gives you uh, that feeling that, that some nature books do where you think to yourself, do I care about eels? Do I really care like a book amount about eels? Um, and honestly, I, I, I feel very confident saying, by the end of this book, you will care so much about eels. <laughs> they are um, they are just fascinating. Um, and they've fascinated some of our greatest thinkers for years. I mean, eels are found in, in myths and legends. Um, Aristotle wrote about them. Uh, Rachel Carson wrote about them. Um, and, and a lot of that is to do with the fact that, that eels are still such, even now, are, are incredible mystery to people. Um, we really don't know half as much about them as we know about a lot of other marine life. Um, most sort of famously that they, you know, even though eels live in freshwater bodies of water, um, you know, in, in Europe and the United States, every year they go to the ocean. They all go to the ocean to spawn and no one knows how or why. Um, so I think when, when you, when you realize that nature and science still have mysteries like that, I think, I think it, it it's, 
it gives you some room for the imagination. And, and Patrick, uh, who is Swedish, uh, has done a really incredible job here blending it with uh, a little bit of memoir. Um, he talks about fishing for eels with his father. It's just, it's just a really lovely book. Um, it's being published all over the world. Uh, we're already seeing great reviews around the, around the world. And, you know, really a good one for, for any young environmentalists you might know, or, or, or honestly, just for anyone who, who needs something new to talk about at their, their Zoom happy hour. You know, if you want to be the person who really impresses, learn something about eels. Who, there's, <laughs> no one else will. It's got to be you. <laughs> Um, let's see what else we got. So, so those new voices I talked about, uh, I have one for you. I think this is a favorite of yours, Lainey. This is Exciting Times Ooh. by Nisha Dolan. <gasps> oh, you love this book, yes. right? I sent a very, uh, enthusiastic email that was like, we're talking about exciting times, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we are talking yeah. about exciting times. Everyone will be excited talking about exciting times. Uh, it, this yeah. is coming out June 2nd. Uh, this is a debut novel from uh, a young Irish writer. Uh, it's a literary novel. It's a love triangle. It's about an Irish expat who's living in Hong Kong and she becomes involved with, uh, a man, a, wil- a wealthy British banker named Julian, and a woman, uh, a Hong Kong-born lawyer. Um, and if the words uh, debut novel from a, a young Irish writer make you think Sally Rooney, you're, you're right on. Uh, Sally does know Nisha, and uh, she, in fact, published one of her stories uh, early on in Nisha's career. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and say this will not only satisfy fans of, of normal people, but it will really attract anyone who just loves a, like a really well-observed, thoughtful novel about relationships. I think it's really well-paced. It's smart. It's funny. It's a joy to read. It reads very quickly. Um, it touches on uh, issues, class, sexuality, race, money. You know, I think this is for me, I read this book. I read this book a little bit ago, but uh, it, it broke a reading slump for me back when I read the manuscript. And I think uh, I think this is this is definitely a slump breaker. Lainey, what did you like about it? Oh, this book for one, the cover is gorgeous. It's yes, like this great teal, cover. Yeah, with toothbrushes, which is kind of if it's very evocative. Like you're like, what what is that about? Because there's three toothbrushes. Um, and so this book to me, reading it, I mean, it, it's very beautiful and like lyrical, and I think anyone could enjoy it. But I thought that it did such a great job capturing like the millennial spirit in a way that I haven't seen other things do. And I mean, I had this feeling of when I read um, like any Hemingway book about the lost generation, like he gets them, he understands them. And this feeling of like being lost and, and wandering around trying to figure out what you're supposed to feel, not even what you do feel. And so I know it's totally not the same kind of book, but I think in the way that she captures that feeling. And um, being a millennial myself, I think I understood what she was feeling when she says like, you know, I don't, I don't understand why I don't like someone I'm supposed to like, but then I do other people. And she just can't put that into words. (laughs) And she kind of pushes the, the um, envelope a lot to see what she can get away with um, in all of these feelings. And so uh, that's what I really loved about it. But I think anyone can come to it and and it's so funny too I was laughing out loud at most pages I was just like I I was thinking that but I would never say it and I love that she said that (laughs) yeah she is so funny and she uh she's a great twitter follow for for anyone who 
is on Twitter. She's a she's a delight over there. Um, the book just came out uh, in the UK, I think, uh, two weeks ago, maybe. And it's a hit over there. It was an instant bestseller. And, and the reviews uh, that are coming in from the UK are, are, are really remarkable. Um, so I think that, uh, you know, we're hoping we're hoping that everyone uh, comes to it. We think uh, we think this, as you say, you know, it's definitely a book that, that you might identify with if you're if you're a bit younger. But I think, you know, even an older reader, I think is going to find a lot of um, a lot of charm in here. Um, I love it's but Hemingway is such a funny cop because it really does have a certain you're right it's not it's not at all yeah. like the kind of thing Hemingway wrote but it does have a sort of you are there aspect to it it feels very right. present it feels very uh, visceral and I think um, frames a generation mm. that I think has been uh, written mm. about uh, in very confusing ways sometimes <laughs> <laughs> right like and I'm, I'm not saying it's the same book or he's writes in the same way, but I think this feeling of like, <laughs> just really like pushing it a little bit to see what they can get away with and, and see what people pay attention to. And I feel like she is so, she wants to be included in things. She wants to feel certain ways. And for her, it's hard for her to understand why or like even find a place she belongs and what also is cool about this book is there's a lot of different political structures so you get to know a lot about you know Brexit and and how even within like the UK or like Ireland and England have different thoughts to it and so that was really interesting to me too yeah I agree I agree she she she, she weaves that stuff in and in, in very uh subtle ways you know there's not you're not like oh boy here comes the here comes the Brexit section, but it's uh, it is a it is a good um, you know it 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 feels like somebody who's who's deeply involved in the world uh, is writing it, and and that you know it's not always a feeling you get when you read a novel. Yeah, well, that was a great um, top book talk for that one. Good yeah, time. I agree. Okay, so is that our our list of things that are about to come out, or do you have one more for us? Oh, I actually have a couple more. I have three more. <gasps> <laughs> so I've got two more forthcoming and then I'll tease something uh, that's coming a little bit further okay. on. Um, but uh, coming in June, uh, June 23rd, uh, is this book called Protocol by Capricia Marshall. Uh, Capricia Marshall uh, used to have one of what I think is maybe one of the coolest jobs I've ever heard of. Did not know this job existed before I met Capricia. Um, she is the former United States Chief of Protocol, uh, which she, a position she held in the Obama White House. Uh, There's a real position. Uh, it's this person, their job is to advise the, the president and the vice president on diplomatic protocols and to oversee all of the details that go into, uh, you know, state visits, treaty signings, uh, you know, arrival ceremonies, that kind of thing. Um, and, and when I say everything, I mean everything. I mean, it's it's everything from, you know, uh, does this person, is, 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 what are the customs of greeting uh, in this person's country? But also what's this, you know, when we put this person in a room with the president, what does the room look like? Where do the chairs face? How do they, what are the walls like? What's the sound like? Um, it was really Capricious' job to pay attention to all of those, those details. And, you know, when you have a job like that, when you pay attention to details like that, I think you learn a lot about what's important um, and, and what can be quite impactful, uh, even if it doesn't seem like it might be from the outside. Um, this is sort of a partly a, a memoir, a White House memoir, you know, where she talks, she has like lots of incredible anecdotes about how, you know, we had this summit and 
the chairs were uncomfortable and the summit went really badly. And then we had this summit and the chairs were warm and the lighting was good and everybody got along and the summit went really well. And you're like, that is true. You know, we've all been to parties that were in garbage locations and that really did uh, affect the party. Now imagine that on a diplomatic level uh, and you get a sense of what Capricia is dealing with. Um, but there's also a lot of practical advice in here. Um, you know, a lot of not just etiquette advice, but just sort of you know, honestly, advice for business. I learned a lot of things about how to run a meeting or, or how to have a conversation with somebody I've just met. Um, one of my favorite parts of the book is when she talks about uh, the bag that she carries everywhere. She calls it her Mary Poppins bag, which is filled with everything she needs to survive, uh, you know, a minor diplomatic emergency, you know, snacks, sewing kits, that kind of thing. Um, it's really just a delight of a book. And I think a very unusual angle on a peek behind the curtain of the White House. So um, really just a kind of a favorite of mine on the list. And I really recommend checking this one out. Um, and so then next up in my upcoming titles, I wanted to talk a little bit about Memorial Drive by Natasha Trethaway out July 28th. Um, this is the HarperCollins lead read for the summer. Um, for those who, who maybe not haven't heard of this program, the lead read is a, is a program where uh, everybody in the HarperCollins sales force uh, votes on one book across the, the whole adult list to be a focus title for the season. And um, Memorial Drive was the winner for summer, which we're very proud of. This is a, just an incredible memoir. It's written by um, two-time poet laureate and Pulitzer Prize winner Natasha Trethaway. Um, Natasha, she was born to a white father and a black mother who divorced when she was six. Uh, Natasha's mother married again, uh, moved to Atlanta, and uh, her husband, her second husband, was abusive. Uh, and she eventually did uh, try to divorce him. And then in, in 1985, when Natasha was just 19, her mother was murdered by her stepfather, her ex-stepfather, rather. Um, and, it, you know, as you might imagine, this crime had an incredible impact on Natasha's life. And this is, you know, she's talked about it a little bit before, but this is the first time she's really delved into uh, what that crime meant for her and, and her family and, and her life. Um, it's a really just a moving story and it's written in the way that only a poet can write something like this. Um, she looks back on the tragedy and how it unfolded, how it affected the rest of her life. And it's, it's just, just a stunning, stunningly beautiful book. Um, she writes about a relationship with her mother, a relationship that wasn't perfect. It was often complicated as mother daughter relationships are. And you, on the page, you just feel how incredibly raw and present that grief still is. Um, it's, uh, it's not written as poetry, but, you know, Natasha is a poet. The language is, is gorgeous. We actually just got in a blurb. <laughs> I wasn't going to read a blurb, but we just got this in, uh, two days ago. This is from Mary Carr, uh, you know, a great memoirist, of course. And uh, I think it really speaks to how the book affects, has affected all of us. Uh, Mary wrote, it reads with all the poise and clarity of Trethaway's unforgettable poetry, heartrending without a trace of pathos, wise and smart at once, unforgettable, a must-read classic. It's just, I, I, I wow. couldn't say it better. Yeah. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's striking. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, this is a favorite among all of us on the library team. We um, talk about it a lot and this again separately we came in after reading it came into the office and all of us said um, you know we I kept thinking like oh what a great novel because <laughs> <And then laughs> it's so propulsive like it's so like it has this underlying like um, you know kind of like it's 
psychological thriller pacing in a way, not to say that that makes it any less like um, real and, and really um, heartbreaking. I'm not saying that to make it like trite, but it's, it, you feel like you're like, what's going to happen? Like what's underneath? You kind of get there, even though you know what's going to happen. And so like 10 pages in, I was like, is this a novel? And I went back and I was just like, I can't believe that this is nonfiction. And so great narrative nonfiction is really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think if maybe you, you love like great narrative nonfiction, this is perfect for you. But like you said, it's not poetry, but it really does read like poetry. It's it it kind of glides off the page, and you keep turning. It's one of those books that's like equally easy to read and hard to read, yeah. <laughs> because it's so beautiful and you keep going. But it, it is it's very heartbreaking and and sad about. I mean, it's a true story. It happened, and it's. I'm just so glad that she was able to put this into words because we're all better for it, you know. Absolutely. And it really, I mean, you know, it's, it feels so strange to, sometimes it, to me, it feels strange to talk about themes in a person, in a person's life, you know, but, but there's something about reading a book that's, that's so elegantly constructed as this is, um, where, you know, this is a book about domestic abuse and it's about racism and it's about grief, but at, at the same time, it's not about those things. It just, those things are present. And, and I think personally as a reader, right. I learned so much more, um, about those topics when I read a book like this. I'm a very, uh, I'm a bit of a, a, a Frady Cat reader. I don't, uh, I, I love uh, reading a, a thriller, but I, I can't read too many of them. I love reading true crime, but I have to be very careful about it. And I similarly, when I started reading this, I really thought to myself, oh, this is going to, this is going to, you know, uh, be difficult, but I was stunned by how quickly I moved through it and how uh, close I felt to her when I was reading it. You know, she yeah. she doesn't hold anything back in this book, and that's just it's such a unique reading experience, um, uh, really unlike any yeah. other memoir I've ever read. Yeah, I'm glad you said that about like race being ever present, but not really taking center stage because I, I mean, as someone from Mississippi as well, cause she was born there. I think, you know, like for her story, it's always going to be something in the background. It's always going to affect her. It's always going to be something she sees, but the book is not about that. But I think she did a great job keeping it in the background too. And I, that's hard to do as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the imagery in this book is great. And, and I think what a poet really brings is, is a, and a, the ability to sort of, you know, uh, top load things as well as back load things simultaneously. So you're, you're sort of, you're, you're, you're moving across the page with um, a lot of duality and, and you're able to experience um, a lot of, a lot of these ideas all at once without feeling overwhelmed. Oh, I love that. It's a great way to put it. All right. Thank you for bringing all these books. And I think you have a, a little tease for us, something coming out in the in the not so distant future. That's right. Um, coming out in the beginning of October, a new novel by another house favorite of ours, Ruman Alam. He's written a book called Leave the World Behind. Uh, this is his third novel. Uh, his earlier ones were Rich and Pretty and That Kind of Mother. Uh, if you know Ruman's work, uh, you know he just writes gorgeous, observant novels. Um, And in this case, he's been so observant as to be nearly prescient (laughs) because this is a book uh, about, uh, well, it's about a a white family who's gone to stay at a vacation rental uh, outside of New York City. 
uh, one evening while they're there, an older black couple knocks on the door. They've uh, come from New York City. They say that they own the house and they've fled the city because of a sudden blackout. Um, cell service is down, TV and internet are down. They just, they, they know something's happening, but they don't know what. Uh, and, and sort of a, a vague sense of distrust begins to build between these families as they kind of attempt to ride out whatever crisis is looming. Um, so it's not quite a pandemic novel. It's not quite an apocalyptic novel. Uh, in fact, like all of Ruman's books, I think it's very much about people and all the different ways we interact, um, you know, the, the different ways we interact with our families versus how we interact with the outside world. Um, he's so good at getting at the way people act out when they're pressed, <laughs> the way that our coping mechanisms may seem somewhat flimsy when, uh, when things go wrong. Um, you know, a lot, I, I know a lot of folks who have read this have, have commented on the fact that it's a sort of a departure for him as far as the plot. Uh, it is a very creepy book, but uh, I will say I downed this in one sitting uh, and I was just delighted by how creative and, and unusual it was. Um, also, nobody writes about food and shopping like Ruman does. <laughs> he has a real appreciation for uh, what a shopping list can tell you about someone. Uh, and as somebody who's been thinking a lot about my own shopping lists, I really, I really do appreciate that. So um, we just put this one up on NetGalley. It's, it's newly available for folks to read. Um, and I hope people will check it out because it's a, it's a very interesting book. Yeah. Yeah. We love this one too. Um, he actually, fun fact, he was one of my first, uh, his past book, That Kind of Mother, was one of my first books I ever presented at HarperCollins. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. Um, so those were all awesome, as I knew they were, books that everybody on the library team loves so much, and you did such a great job telling us all about them. Everyone has lots to add to their TBR list, so they can go to NetGalley and Edelweiss and check those out. And um, before we wrap up, I just had a couple of questions. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about Echo, and, and then we'll wrap it up. Cool. Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Hey. Oh, so I want to talk about all of the fun things you guys make in the swag department at Echo. Oh, uh. My, so close to my heart. So close to my heart. Thank yeah. you so much for this. <laughs> you guys do it so well because every time we're like, what What do we have? I want this too. Um, like off the top of my head, I'm thinking slime. You've mm -hmm. done slime You've before. Done slime. Yep. You've done dog bandanas, which I saw someone repurposed into a bandana to walk to the grocery store the other day, which is very <gasps> Oh clever. my God, that's true. Wow. We really did people a favor. Yeah. <laughs> um and then you've done dog treats I don't know what's your favorite thing you've ever created oh gosh uh, well first actually I just want to say this is uh so my very first job ever was in promotional products when I was a teenager I worked for a promotional products company so this I was really early on exposed to promotional products as a as a gift uh, as a thing that you could you could think very creatively about so uh it's it's just a joy that I continue to be able to do it uh, and I'm well supported by uh, my uh, our associate publisher Miriam Parker, who uh, is is kind enough to run with all of my ridiculous ideas. And in fact, uh, I would say uh, is responsible for many of them. Slime was her idea. Uh, and then one of my all-time favorites, uh, of course, we published a book a few years ago called Bearskin by Jim McLaughlin, and we create we <laughs> very early on Miriam said we're going to do gummy bears, and I was like, sure, yes, great. 
we'll find a gummy bear factory, no problem. Um, but then we discovered that you could actually order little packets of gummy bears and, and kind of staple your own cardboard top onto them with a little uh, information about the book. So we ended up doing that. And we found, as I think you have as well, that those are really great convention giveaways because people oh, need yeah. a little hit of sugar. Uh, including the people giving the bears away. For example. <laughs> So I think the bears might be my all-time favorite. Uh, I love them so much that we did them a second time. We did them for Kevin Wilson's Nothing to See Here, but we did them all red. I I discovered that you could order them in a single color. I will do it for another Uh, book. I can't be stopped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we would be remiss not to do a quick shout out to Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson, who is one of our most favorite human beings in the whole world, the whole library team, big fans of him. But um, Nothing to See Here, which was our, which was a lead read title as well, and has just like dominated everywhere, which we knew it would. Um, it was a read with Jenna Pick, and we love this book so much. You just want to give like a five second, like, don't miss this one if you have. Oh my god, it. I would love to. I'm similarly. I just love Kevin, and and he is he is you know top 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 of the list, top humans, top authors. Um, nothing to see here is is just a delight. Uh, it's a it's a short punchy read. It's about uh, a, a young woman who goes to work for uh, an old college friend of hers. They have a bit of a complicated history, but this college friend is now married to. Uh, a a politician and the politician has a couple of kids from his first marriage who uh they're problem children uh the problem that they have is that when they get agitated they burst into flames um and it's just a just an incredibly perfect concept if you've ever watched a child have a tantrum you know we are all capable of some (laughs) in some ways bursting into flames um but kevin just writes he writes about about families and 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 found family and 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 about caring for the most unusual among us and, and what that can bring out of each other, what we can bring out of each other. Um, and nothing to see here is just, uh, I don't know, it'll just, it'll give you a little, well, it'll give you a little heart a hug. You read nothing to see here. Um, it is, it is such a wonderful, yeah. warm book. It's also, um, it was a Jenna pick. Also currently uh, a, an Omri pick for any, any fans of Omri's music, she is on Instagram right now. It is her book club pick. She's been doing an incredible job. And I believe she's interviewing Kevin on Instagram live next week. Um, so Ooh. I would check that out. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. He's psyched. He is a big fan of Omri. So it's uh, <laughs> it's going to be yeah. good. He's so truly wonderful. And if you haven't read this book, it's it's a must must read and so thank that was perfect you thank I don't you. have anything else to add because we have <laughs> talked about this everywhere on library love fest and they know how much we love it so thank you for doing a quick wrap up of course um so before we leave I know you have a connection to a very special librarian in your life do you want to talk about that for a second oh yeah I wanted to give a shout out to my mama because my mom's a librarian. Uh, she's retired now. She was a librarian uh, my whole darn life. And uh, so I was raised by a librarian, which um, she will be the first to tell you is the reason I'm so smart. So sweet. Look, and it's almost Mother's Day. So we're already That's on true. Theme. I'm going to send her that clip as my gift. <laughs> so sweet. Well, I really appreciate you taking time to talk to us and coming on the podcast. And I'm sure we'll see you again sometime soon. So thanks. I would for love to come back. Yeah, have me back. I'm a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. And everybody go check out the books and check out librarylovefest.com because I'm going to put all of the books we talked about on there and you can get reading. Um, So until next week, goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week. Thank you.